0: After Dark, a podcast about the CW's
3: Riverdale that's just chock full of jugheads. I'm Alex. When you're walking in the darkness and you're like, is that a jughead? And then you're like, whoa, look at that, there's another jughead. And then you're wandering around and you're like, holy shit, there's a third jughead. That's, that's too many jugheads. I'm Justin.
2: <laughs> I'm Pete. Wash and- your feet.
0: <laughs> yes, wash your feet, everybody. That's how you become good again. Yeah. My are... Pete,
3: wash your feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's your. You, you leave that for the end of the episode, Pete. That's how you always
3: sign off. That's your of classic everything. sign off.
0: Yeah, we're going to be talking about Riverdale season six, episode twenty, chapter one hundred and fifteen. Or like River
2: Vale. To... You more like to... River vale. Yes,
0: that's actually the title of the episode. Is returned to River Vale. So thank you, Pete. Wash your feet. The uh, There's lots of stuff to recap here before what? we get into it, but there's a big item of news I want to talk about before we get into that Uh-oh. at all. Oh, Justin, no. you're in Canada right now, and you right. watch the episode on Netflix in Canada. What's that like? Was like, did they have overdubbing yeah. with a translation, or how did it play out?
3: Yeah, they added a light A to the end of a lot of the really important Ooh. lines. Do you uh, get free
2: poutine when you uh, do this?
3: Yeah, it's just, you know, there's a poutine button that materializes that on my smart. keyboard. <laughs> smart, uh, I, hope so. press it. I don't abuse it, though, because it's a lot of gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I am in Canada, and it was a pleasant surprise getting it on uh, Netflix. Much, I mean, shouts to the CW, but it was CW. commercial-free <laughs> and way easier to watch. Yeah, so
0: there you go, everybody. If you want the best a guaranteed way of watching Riverdale As endorsed by the Riverdale After Dark podcast, moved to Canada
3: There you go <laughs> Yeah, we're a fully Canadian River Riverdale podcast From here on out Canada is like the river Vale of America
0: But why don't we get oh. into what this episode was all about, or rather oh, what was happening on, Oh no, Sorry. hold on, no, let me change no, no, my no. settings here Let me no, change no, my dude. settings <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I turn Alex's Canada down a little I can't, bit I
2: can't handle that for a whole episode Yeah, we need so our please. Canada
0: on this podcast a little dry Oh, please. that's what I'm saying <laughs> Come on, dude. Dude. Let's go to recap life. because lots of stuff going into this episode. Everybody in the yeah. town has superpowers and we find out this episode, why and how they develop them. Of course, it ties back to the River Vale event that happened in the first five episodes of, of the season that showed us a dark alternate Riverdale that was crashing into Riverdale proper. Uh, this version of the town was ultimately anchored by Ethel and Jughead. Jughead was locked in the sex bunker and forced to, write for the rest of his life and create stories in
3: order to keep the universes separate. However, uh, we had a little so, Rick, Sorry to interrupt you, yeah. Alex, but yeah. <laughs> you're releasing this recap as your senior thesis for college. Uh... Jesus Christ. The <laughs> amount of recap they did in this episode, first of all, I was like, you're taking my job, buddy. But
0: second yeah. of all, I was like, this is too much. Like, even for me, I know I'm going to need to recap this at the beginning of our podcast. Too many things are happening. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep this very brief. The highlights are everybody has superpowers. There's an evil guy named Percival Pickens. He's trying to destroy the town. We find out how and why this episode. We also find out why everybody has superpowers. Jughead and Tabitha, who have powers, return to Riverdale, and that illuminates a lot of things. Uh, and a lot of other things are going on. There's also Jason and Polly are back to life thanks to Cheryl's phoenix powers in the previous episodes. There's mm-hmm. a ghost train that Percival has been trying to build through Riverdale. We find out why this episode as well, and uh, a million the other there. things. I think, actually, the other thing that we probably should talk about, which is kind of important, since I imagine we're going to get into this quite a bit and have some very heated arguments, is that Betty, over the course of six seasons of the show, has been dealing with what she calls her darkness and been struggling with that due to various things that she's done, like killing a cat and kissing another guy. The darkest things you can possibly sense. do. Yeah, oh, my you God. You can Dude, come
2: on. Killing a cat's pretty bad, guys. Uh,
0: yeah. Sure. Uh, but... She's been dealing with that... Uh, and seeing evil auras, including on herself. And that's what she's been wrestling with a lot this season, but also her entire arc on the show. She's been dating Archie. Meanwhile, Jughead has been dating Tabitha. uh, And uh, yeah, that's kind of the setup you need to know for that to get into the big arguments here. Uh, But I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw something out here because I thought there was a lot of really wild, crazy things that happened to this episode. I wish it was multiple episodes. Like, I love the idea of Percival telling his story to Alice. Awesome. Love the idea of Jughead and Tabitha going back to Rivervale and exploring that and doing, like, a Back to the Future 2. Very fun. Yeah. But that plus that plus the whole Betty feet washing storyline was too much for one episode. Plus the devil. stuff. Oh, my God. Come on. So you guys agree with that? You think there was too much going on
2: here? Yeah, it was so much going on. But I want, like, okay, give me the crazy app, so then hopefully we can kind of, like, slow things down a little bit here. But uh, it was also really heartbreaking that I felt like this show was yelling at me to let Bughead go and uh, I'm not ready. I'm not uh, ready. But yes. Are we going to jump let's, right into that? No, or, let's talk about okay. that in
3: a second. Because I, to, talking about the pacing real quick, Pete, I love that you're like, I love a show that gives you a packed episode and then really slows down to enjoy itself. I don't think so, buddy. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're, the, you're the guy in the roller coaster. who's Like, I'm really enjoying the pace of this uh, car going slowly up this giant hill. I'm mm-hmm. just going to relax into the rest of this sweet little ride. No, we're about to go over a hump into even more insanity. The final battle is coming. How get crazier? Uh, I mean, Did, go back in multiple pa- universes. There's a
0: General Pickens is harnessing the power of ghosts of the afterlife to attack Riverdale. There seems to be, for, based on the promo for the next episode, like a multiversal army
3: of serpents that are fighting in the casino. This is going to get wild. Because I'm here for all of the wild choices, but I definitely agree with you, Alex. This episode felt especially packed where we didn't even get to have the emotional moments. It felt like all the characters were like... Running from place to place Literally setting themselves right as the camera Finds and they're like okay So um, I'm just here for to my casino And others there's an execution Okay I was just going to run back to my other friends and go tell them about that. Like it was just like so breathless. And I I want a little bit more real estate, especially when we're setting up really wild, interesting things that no other show would pack this much Mm -hmm. into a season, let alone um, an episode or like all these arcs that they've been running since the Rivervale event. I think I was
0: really struck by it in particular with Percival's storyline, which I thought was – I loved the costumes, loved everybody going back in time, seeing all of that. I thought that was super fun. There was a quick
3: shot of – I think it was him trying to
0: sacrifice Britta, which is when Asher Andrews
3: discovers him. Yeah, are we gonna get a fun spin-off with Asher blessing James and Charity just like Ooh, hanging out so. trying to kiss each other and
0: stuff? But this was kind of my point was they introduced these new characters and we don't have even time to necessarily remember their names or that they are different from like Abigail or Bitsy or all of these other millions different identical cousins that we've seen throughout time, not just this season, but multiple seasons, where I want to get to know these characters. How are they different? How is Asher different from his other descendants? Or is he exactly the same? Why are we setting this in 1580 versus these other time periods? You know, these are interesting things to explore. They're fun. And we just blast past it instead, which, mind you, that's Riverdale, right? It's always throwing out a million pieces of information. It's like, yeah, maybe we'll come back to that later. I don't know.
3: Maybe not. Um, but I, I also, I feel like the densest nut of all of this insanity of this episode was when, uh, Jughead and, um, Tabitha go by and they're like, and uh, Britta's like, yeah, hey, oh, this is Cheryl. Um, she, uh, her consciousness <laughs> was uh, Nana Rose got into her body, but it's not the her drooling. body, it's Abigail's immortal body. And now she's having Nana's face. You write comics? I love comics. Here are the comics <laughs> that give you the glue to the next thing. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Well, did who did
0: great, who did great. great. Uh, but, like, that Britta stuff with Abigail and Nana and then later on with Jughead Uh, Narrator Jughead, who is now writer Jughead from Rivervale, being like, oh, I made the deal with this devil to always write dark stories. None of that matches up with what we saw previously in Rivervale. And I think purposefully so, because the idea with Rivervale is that it reboots to a new Tales from the Crypt style episode every week or so. But as a viewer who's trying to wrap my head around these multiple timelines and all these things, and mind you, I've read comics my entire life, This Mm. is still like it was too much to handle because I'm trying to make these puzzle pieces work together. But they're from 15 different puzzles and they don't go
3: together. Plus, you keep getting three Jughead pieces. And you're like, I only need one Jughead piece to put in here. That's fine. That's fine. Pete, how are you feeling about this?
0: You, this is all straightforward for you or you're uh, like laser focused Pete on it. and you don't want to talk about the rest. Of it? Exactly. Well,
2: here's the thing. Here's the thing. I felt like they, they purposely made things crazy so they could try to sneak in the fact that, uh, yeah, uh, Bughead's over and let it go. I just I got kept getting lectured on that. I did enjoy A lot of the madness, but I also want to give it to maybe one of the coolest devils I've ever seen who really doesn't have a lot of stakes and things, just likes to have a drink, hang out and play some chess every once in a while.
3: Yeah, chess devil's the devil I hope to meet when I go to hell.
2: Yeah, like laid back chess devil who doesn't mind if you read his mind or anything, who's like not going to do anything to you, is just happy to see you pass by and say hello.
3: Exactly. He drinks like refined whiskey and plays a little mm-hmm. chess and eats souls occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. To talk about the bughead thing, because, you know, I obviously uh, am a barchy guy. Um, if I, have I said that on this podcast? I don't I know think so. I know. That's the first time. Yeah, first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. whisper it into my pillow at night, and I just don't mm-hmm. know if the mic's on. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, that was a big hit on um, uh, Betty saying on both like, fronts
2: I, on Jughead's front and as, on Betty's front.
3: But let me – I don't want to offer you hope to make your life harder, Pete, if you're ready to finally move off of Bughead and come into the sweet hereafter of Barchie family.
2: I'm sorry. If I was born and raised on something, I can't just let it go. You know, I, mean? I don't know when – you keep saying you were born on
3: Bughead, <laughs> and I don't know exactly what that means. Oh, you're sipping a bottle of Bughead right there. Um, but I do think the, the Jughead who – the revelation that Jughead made the call – this is Bunker Jughead who we're calling Writer Jughead. Is that yep. correct? Sure.
2: You, you talk we about should the define human... our jugheads. Wait, we wait, wait. The humans, the human no no, it, wait, no, 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 yeah. There's a human battery Jughead, okay, who has yep. to generate stories. Okay? Mm-hmm. And okay? then there's
3: Cocky Jughead, who's the one who lives in Rivervale, who writes right.
2: comics. Writes mm-hmm. comics and has his hair slicked back. And yeah. there's also, we shouldn't forget about Souphead, who
0: is Jughead's identical cousin, who's just a little smaller than him.
3: Yeah. And let's not forget Nickhead, who is Nick Scratch in Jughead's body, is oh, I'm God. a huge right, fan. That makes, right. That's my favorite Jughead. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. All right. To actually I'm, lay it out. I just want to oh. generally lay out their names so we actually use the same terminology and it makes some sort of sense because this is how everybody is referring to them. So I think it'll be easier. We got writer Jughead, who is the Rivervale Jughead who's trapped in the bunker. We've yep. got narrator Jughead, who is the one running around in Rivervale and writing comics in this episode. And then I think we could just call him. Jughead. Jughead. Regular Jughead. Regular Jughead. jughead Regulation Jughead. Regulation Jughead.
3: So the revelation that writer Jughead was the one who called Betty and Ethel is pissed at the end of the episode. Super
2: pissed about it.
3: Because he upset the sort of clean break that they wanted between the two dimensions. He called Betty. He still loves Betty. And if what happens at the end of the season is a Jughead dies— and it regulation Jughead is the one that dies, while writer Jughead comes through the dimension to Riverdale. Then you got a Jughead who's trying to get Betty back, and I think that gives you some real a window to Bughead, Pete, because we've just been given. So the, you're saying the there's a chance. <laughs> I again don't want to put false hope in you, only to make your life harder, which uh, that's usually my job. Um, but I think we got a window to Varchi last episode. We got a window to Bughead this episode while also affirming both the, the, the Barchi relationship on both sides. So it's setting up quite a battle, uh, the real ultimate battle going
0: This on. was, yes. I will say, one of my favorite parts of the episode, just how yeah. they played the relationships in different ways with everybody. Because like we're talking about – Here, you got this writer Jughead who clearly still has some feelings for Betty and called her regular Jughead is in love with Tabitha is with Tabitha and very happy with her. And also we we could probably talk about the whole Betty storyline next because that was very separate from everything else that was going on. But you get a Betty who has moved on like she is with Archie. And I do think. So just very briefly, the storyline, Polly is back alive. Polly basically absolves Betty of all of her sins as she lays out after they get emotionally talking about like what she did to Polly. She forgives her for everything. And she says, but ultimately I have the serial killer gene. And then Polly washes her feet. It was like, you don't have the serial killer gene anymore. And Betty looks in the mirror and she has a good aura, a golden aura now instead of the red aura of evil. So, what I took away from this, or at least this gets into speculation, I thought that is a very good thing for Barchi, because if Betty feels like the thing, that, the thing that she has been holding inside, that she has this darkness, has been keeping her separate from Archie. She said that. Yeah. They had a conversation about it. So if that's gone, that's a really big, good thing for her moving forward with Archie. So to get back to it and just sort of round it up and then kick it over to you guys, I think... What I liked about this is like you have Betty who is on a very different path from where we're finding Jughead or Jugheads in this episode, and so... If you're a Buckhead, you can take good things or bad things away from Buckhead. If you're a Barchi, you can take good things or bad things away from Barchi. And I think relationships are complicated. Like we're used to watching a soap opera style show like Riverdale being like, it's one thing or the other. And that's it. But to play multiple things in the same episode,
3: I thought was very smart and very well done.
2: The only thing I just wanted to add that you forgot to mention is that uh, Betty kept fainting. Uh, you know, that was uh oh, super important so. Yeah.
3: How do, I wanted to say, how does that play into the um, ship discussion we're having?
2: Well, I just think it's important that uh, when she wakes up in a very cozy bed to uh, talk to Polly, it's, uh, you know, it's just. Well, a, if you a, think
0: about it, fainting, fainting goats, goats, greatest of all time, bughead, greatest ship of all time. Ah, right, Pete? There we go. That's right. Hold on, there's
3: a leap there that I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if you are. Hold on, or alternately,
0: fainting, fainting goats, goats greatest of all time, Barchi greatest ship of all time. (laughs) What are
3: you
2: doing? What are you you doing? The
0: the leap to fainting goats.
2: Yeah, the yeah, the jump to goats is really. There was a goat in this episode. Maybe it was a fainting goat.
3: Uh, that's a great point. That's a goat point right there. Um, Thanks, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, I think there's a lot to look for. And, and I think the show is at its best when we of all fandoms can look into it and see something um, for ourselves. but, we are heading toward an end game, and I think at the end of this season we're headed toward a, some sort of friend game. Um And uh, I don't know what that will set us up for, and but I think it is going to be a very equal board for all of the ships. I, I, I just
2: got. I, if you have, if you have things like ghost trains and hell mouths, you're in for a hell of a ride. Absolutely. Here's the last thing I want to say about this. From my perspective, I think the
0: absolute best, most mature in terms of storytelling thing that the show could do is have a similar conversation to the one Betty had with Polly, but between Betty and Jughead. Like, we still haven't gotten that. Like, we haven't gotten yeah. that closure on the relationship and all those things that Betty tells Polly. Not that she's on any under any obligation to, but I think for her, for moving beyond these
3: feelings, it's not enough for Polly to wash her feet and be like, I'm good now. Moved on. Well, I don't know where you guys keep your jeans, but mm-hmm. I keep mine right on my feet. So clean them, wash them right off. All the jeans I don't want, wash
2: them off at night. You're not supposed to wash jeans too much. Otherwise, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> I, I never wash my jeans.
0: I buy my jeans, put them on, never take them off until they fall apart.
3: Smart. Oh, that's also bad. Um, I think <laughs> do you, they say you can put jeans in the freezer and not wash them. That preserves them.
0: Well, let me ask you one other thing on speculation because we get a little bit of Jason here. He seems to be
3: pretty happy with Cheryl. He talks, which is he still talks.
0: very upsetting.
3: Uh, but you seem to be really hung up on that.
0: Really don't like it. But Betty and uh, – sorry, Polly and Jason seem to be like – Good. Coming out of heaven. And that goes against (laughs) straight out of heaven, (laughs) Straight, straight out of heaven. But that really seems to go against what we were speculating the last episode in terms of them turning into evil zombies
3: and one of them eating the other and kicking off a zombie apocalypse. How are you feeling about that? I think there, there still has to be a price to be paid. I think that's going to come at the end of the season. This, this episode felt like it was doing just a lot of the PP work, um, mm-hmm. to bring us to, uh, to the a final point there. But I think we're going to get like after the battle, whatever happens there, they're going to be like, all right, here's all the other problems. And that's when, uh, some sort of eldritch terror is going to come for, uh, for them. Uh, the ship stuff's going to pop up again. Like I, who knows what Jughead's going to be there.
2: I, I think, I think what the move is uh, the uh, devil looks like he works at the pit uh, theater. Uh, I think it's one of those things where <laughs> Very it's, niche reference. Yeah. Yeah. That was just for you guys. Uh, but I think it's one of those things where after all the craziness happens and chest devil is going to be hanging out and being like, Oh, I'll take these guys back with me. Uh, Cause they don't belong here. Uh, Cheryl, you tricked us. All right. You think so? Yeah.
0: I do think we're going to get some sort of reset at the end of the season. That seems pretty clear, just in terms of, like, actually separating the universes and ending this storyline. But... Let's jump over to the actual plot, and I, I you guys, let me know if I oh missed boy. anything. I'm going to try to state this as simply as possible because I do think it's very confusing. But essentially, what happened is that Percival Pickens was born in River Vale 400 years earlier. He was a sorcerer. He practiced magic. He was caught by Asher Andrews and sentenced to death by being put in the stocks and left in the woods. Once he was yeah, there, the devil that sucks. That That's does a tough suck. Debt. Lou Cipher, Lucifer I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Oh, I loved, by the way, oh. Tabitha's delivery Of, like, this guy Cipher Sciper. And I was like, alright, you're purposely skipping the Lou here Because you know it's silly But
3: Yeah, I was like, that's the most time in the entire episode We took <laughs> She got to, like, take I one I also breath. liked
2: the way she was, like, d de- Good, good Tabitha episode. Very fun stuff with yeah. Tabitha in this episode. But I could have watched play- that loop a couple more times of her taking out the trash. It was so much fun.
0: Well, let's come back to the loop in a second because... Uh, It's weird. But uh, so Percival is in the woods. The devil approaches him. He makes a deal to be freed, but also immortal. Spends the next 400 years wandering the earth, gathering gathering magic powers. When he finally returns to Rivervale for his revenge, it's at the same time as episode five of the season when the universes are separating. The bomb is blowing up. He gets transported from Rivervale to Riverdale where there's no magic. However... At the same time, as we find out at the end of the episode, writer Jughead in the bunker is the person who called Betty and warned her because he didn't let the universes separate completely. The portal is kind of open there. Magic starts seeping through. Percival realizes that, but he also realizes he has a 400-year head start on anybody in Riverdale who's getting powers because of this universe leakage. And what he decides to do, his big plan, is he wants the United States of Percival. He wants to transform the land, everything, into Percival. And in order to do that, he is using his uh, ancestor, General Pickens, who is the afterlife, to rally ghosts. He's going to bring them back with a ghost train. He's going to have an army of ghosts who are going to work for him. And also, as we find out, the land under Pops, which, again, we should get back to this in a second. So as it turns out, it's not actually the ghosts in Pops or the booths in Pops that are the source of power. It's the land in Pops, which is a huge surprise for Everybody on the show, not for anybody. Was
3: it? I mean, the show tells us pretty hard that, like, Pops is special and good, and now it's in a right. boxing I gym. I feel like
0: we were very trepidious, sort of like, alright, I guess we can go with this.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, as a plan, moving a diner into a boxing gym, I think, is a questionable business model. Uh, yes, I agree. So, we find out, though, that the place
0: where Percival was supposed to be sacrificed is a Hellmouth, shout out to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. and he wants to open that as well and bring all the ghosts out. That's why he's bringing the ghost train there. He's going to create the final battle there. His goal is not the apocalypse, in fact, but to take over
2: Riverdale and presumably the entire Earth. So I, th- I tell you what, it does make me interested to uh, go to my nearest church and uh, dig underneath the floorboards to see if there is Hellmouse, uh that churches cover up. Yeah, man. No laws against that.
0: Yep. Just like there's no yeah.
2: rules against a dog playing basketball. There's no rules against
3: digging through a church. Yeah, great. I love that movie Church Bud, where the dog <laughs> finds the hell mouth, um, and goes straight to dog hell. I yes, this was that was a good recap, Alex, because this Thanks. was wild. And it's so Percival's plan is to create a nation where everything is uh, his, him, but also he gets to hang out with ghosts. Mm-hmm. He loves mm-hmm. ghosts. Sure. Uh, cool. Yeah, that
2: was That's pretty cool.
3: much it. It's fine.
0: I mean,
2: when you spend a long time on a ship with somebody, I'm sure you get attached. And if they die, you're like, "Hey, listen, I'm going to bring your ghost back so we can hang out and have fun." And they're like, "I don't think he
3: was friends with it." His whole thing is he has no one. He has he only controls people, um, and he doesn't actually make any connections with people. That's why the gang is such his natural nemesis because they're all about the connection between each other. In this season, we've seen all the characters go from being isolated from each other to slowly coming together. And then now they have, like, regular meetings where they talk about how they're going to not die. That's friendship.
0: Absolutely. That's what we expect from reading the Archie comics growing up. And that's exactly what we're getting on the show. What does this mean for the White Worm? Like, that was my immediate thought here because we've been joking a lot about, like, oh, it's fine. You can put a train over the White Worm. That seems to be no problem, but you got to move Pops. If they're, that's a hell mouth, uh, the white worm's going to go away, too, right?
3: I like the idea that the hell mouth is like where the kitchen is in the white worm. And they're like, <laughs> oh, that's where we've been cooking pizzas in a hell mouth. I feel yeah. crazy. These demon pizzas. No wonder it's evil.
0: It's also the part that would have helped if Tony was there. I assume this had to do something with scheduling or just like budget or something like that. But both Tony and Fags were off this episode. And if they were in that big group meeting, I feel like the first thing Tony would have brought up was the white worm
3: and what this means for it. Uh, but TBD, I guess. I think that's something they've sort of yada yada around uh, around yeah. when it comes to a lot of this storyline. Because ha- we haven't seen the white worm since, right? Everything's been at the Babylonium when it's in a bar. So I feel like we're just avoiding the white worm as a, as a place because it contradicts the whole how basements work. <laughs> situation,
0: <laughs> Which the show, to be fair, has had a problem with pretty much since season
3: one.
0: 100%. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's the Percival storyline. Uh, lots of wild details in there. Uh, let's talk about Jughead and Tabitha going to Rivervale and their trip there because, I have a little bit of a logical problem. So they're warned very specifically when they get in the bunker. They're like, don't encounter yourself or there's going to be a problem. Again, Back to the Future 2 rules or just really any time travel rules more than alternate universe rules. And they're like, okay, I've got a plan to not encounter ourselves. We're going to put Tabitha in a time loop and then I'm going to encounter
3: myself. Um, I think the rule was more don't let anyone else see you talking to your counterpart because it would break the sort of – the f- calm fabric of uh, okay. of Rivervale so it's less about um, the like back to the future rules of where you pass out and uh, and I guess there's <laughs> sort of a paradox
2: <laughs> um, you know disappears
3: what was that oh your family disappears in a picture
0: yeah no that's if that's if you have sex with your mom
3: oh, okay. oh I've, I've not, I haven't seen the cut where they have sex I feel like <laughs> it was just a, a kiss but I don't know maybe it's you yeah, got a VHS maybe just a you... dream I had not 100% yeah. clear Uh,
2: but what do we think about this? How'd you feel about all these Jugheads interacting and Tabithas and stuff? I mean, it was funny when we saw, you know, uh, the human battery Jughead kind of react like, Oh, you can't be here. I've just been writing in it, in this sex bunker for a really long time. So I, I appreciated the acting choice that, uh, Jughead made with the, uh, the writer uh, Jughead. So it was, I I, I laughed. I thought it was fun and kind of ridiculous.
3: Uh, I feel like they were, they were us, like they were us watching when we were watching Rivervale going like, okay, what's happening? And then like Jughead, writer Jughead even being like, so yeah, I write stuff here. Um, And then writer Jughead and regulation Jughead sort of being pissed at each other. Like, oh, you're stealing stories from my dimension. Like you're all bad writers. (laughs) None of you write. (laughs) You're cheating. (laughs) Um. So that was fun But also like the Well there's actually Another Jughead I, I can't they, No one embraces details they're, they're letting it Wash over them The same way We're letting it Wash over us Just like clinging To the hang glider Of Riverdale Hoping that uh, We don't fall off Of the Hawaiian mountain Or whatever We're hang gliding
2: off Also it's funny How Jughead was like I liked multiverses Before it was cool Yes, nice little Dig. winky reference there. Yeah. That was
0: good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, overall, it's it's funny. It's I feel like it's tough to talk about this episode since it was so much info dumping that went on here. Yeah. Like, there were nice individual moments. But it's surprising to me that I, I think the most emotional storyline was the Polly Betty one, even with the insanity of, like, wash your feet, your jeans are gone their conversations were really lovely and wonderful. And they clearly have a relationship as actresses and like, there's good chemistry there. I got very choked up when Polly forgave her in that first scene. Oh, really? Yeah. Just, I think it was really emotional, like the way that they played it. I thought it was really beautiful. Um But it then was everything else it was, was so yeah.
2: crazy. It was hard to have those moments and to mm-hmm. really believe it because I'm like, at any moment now, things could just go crazy. So I was, it was just hard to be like, "Oh, this is real," and this like kind of forgiveness is is actually happening. So I, I, well, but versus the rest of the scenes, which it's funny, I think like over the past
0: five plus seasons, Riverdale has really gotten docked for having these sort of info conversations happen between episodes. Like, everybody kind of just seems to know stuff. Though Something huge will happen in one episode or the next episode. Veronica will be, like, just rolling with it because she already knows about it. it happens sometime in between. Versus this is a very, like, uh, Star Trek or genre type show where you always have these things at the beginning of the episode where everybody's standing around the bridge. They're like, all right, real quick, I'm going to bring you up to speed and everything that's happening because not everybody has the same information. And... I don't know. It's f- for the amount of stuff that's happening, and I don't know if you guys feel this way, I feel like it slows down the storyline a little bit. It just slows down the pacing of Riverdale.
3: There's All nothing of this information? This. Happening yeah, all this once. info
0: dumping, yes.
3: Well, it just, it's harder. It's a different energy. The show does such a good job of sort of combining emotional moments with like a ton of story. And this episode was like, we have to get all this story out before we can get to these mm-hmm. big end of season emotional stuff, emotional moments. So, this was an episode that I think was that one I'm like, "Okay, the writers were like, "Buckle up, we gotta do all this and but on that, I feel like this season and this episode made me think that this season is really a metaphor of what it is to write or like being a writer, like creating things from thin air uh." And the way that Jughead struggles with it and the amount of chaos that comes out of it and the way your the meta nature that your characters have in your brain as a writer, uh, where you're sort of interacting with them a little bit, trying to make choices in this character. The characters are making choices about themselves in a meta way. They're trying to look at everything from an outside perspective, like, OK, I can go into dimensions. Why can't I do that? Like, it feels very much a meditation on the creative
2: process. That's a very nice way of putting it. Wow, man. I was just going to say that I was a little disappointed at the level of chess that the angel was able to bring to the devil. And I felt like that was really a very disappointing build up. And then just like one move that the angel didn't see coming at all. I mean, the, the biggest thing about that to me that was so funny it was like there seemed to be no repercussions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're like it's here just it a is chip. chess
0: match, ultimate battle of good good and evil. Evil one. Well,
3: move it on. Do you think Rivervale Veronica is happy with her chess match casino entertainment schedule? (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, Pete, do you feel like um, that Raphael lost because he's cool, but rude?
2: Oh, wow. Nice dude. A tip of the hat to you, sir. Uh, What other moments do
0: we want to call out? I continue to like the comic book stuff. I think that's a super fun metaphor in particular. I know you were touching on this just before, Justin, but going into Nana's Braid and seeing the old Rose comic books that are just broken apart. First of all, Pete, that uh, as a person who bags and boards everything, that had to kill nah. you seeing those grainy old comic books. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely account. heartbreaking. And then also the uh, name check there with Alan Moore, which makes me wonder, did Alan Moore make the deal with the Chess Devil to become such a comic book icon?
3: Did Alan Moore take his name off every other project only to put it on this episode of Riverdale? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, I also, like, when I was watching Jughead pick up those dusty comics, I was had a revelation like, oh, no, that's my brain. <laughs> 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 that's the future of my dusty comic book brain. Oh, no. Also, I want to get into these Nana Rose comics. What's
0: going right? on there? What's yeah. she up to? What
3: yeah, are the, the wacky adventures of Nana?
0: There's a whole issue where she's sleeping on hay. That happens. Yeah. Uh, I also like the Super Teens comic book. I think that's what it was with everybody in their super suits. I don't think we're going to get that before the end it of the season. It seems like we're going to get that. You think
3: so? Are we going to get everybody in costumes? Full costume? I don't know. I don't know. That would be, that would be a lot for me. I I wonder that if would cross gonna... the line into what you are so worried about mm-hmm. this season, Alex.
2: I, I wonder if we're going to get a kind of thing where it's like everybody kind of laid dead there like we saw in that comic.
3: I do think we're going to get an Avengers uh, Endgame style shot of everybody souped up. I guess, Veronica just kissing people to kill them. <laughs> Shout out to Geraldo in this episode, too. We get, But Veronica's like, before Geraldo died, he looked into Percival. I was like, didn't she kill Geraldo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she <laughs> did. She's just like, before Geraldo died, me killing him. <laughs> I,
2: a I nice had to do to some homework that. for me. Yeah. No, nobody had any follow up questions. If I go, what happened to her? How did he? Uh, nope. how no, no, they don't have any time. They had to recap yeah.
0: everything for each other at the beginning of the episode. Uh, what other moments jumped out at you? What else did you want to call out?
3: Uh, well, we got. I I love that everybody's got to test a guillotine. Like if you're using a guillotine, you're going to mm-hmm. test it. Yeah. But I think we need to move past lettuce as a guillotine tester. Really? Um, I just how, don't think. How he- do you make salad? Uh, oh, oh! You're more of a guillotine. Uh, your yeah, salad. I have a, I have a home shooter. guillotine
0: to <laughs> chop my lettuce nice and fine. For salad. Uh, you have Where's children, he-
2: that's <laughs> not a good thing to have in the house, man. No, that's fine. The Dad, kids want to stay be? away from it. What are, are you going to be doing?
3: Executing you. dinner. I want to, <laughs> want to eat. Here's um, the thing,
0: though. You don't think you would use it that much, but once you have the guillotine there. It's it 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 pays for itself basically.
3: Wow! It slices, it dices (laughs) one uh, swift blade drop at a time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, We
0: didn't talk about uh, three characters dying. That's what I was getting to. Like bring that up.
3: Yeah. Alice, Frank, and uh, Sheriff off
2: screen though. They died off screen. So not only did they die off screen, but. Percival
0: at the end of the episode being like Oh I can't kill Reggie Kevin and Mr. Mantle well guess what I'm gonna kill my only three allies In town
3: that'll show you Very strange I agree (laughs) that's very Strange I also think Him being like you know what fuck these kids, I'm going to text them. I'm going to start a text thread with them and really lay into them. <laughs> I was like, can you do a text thread <laughs> with photos? I was like, okay, dude. I the love piece, Cheryl's Archville. comment
0: right before that, though, being like, who else would be group chatting everybody? Just the, the implication that Cheryl is constantly sending group texts and nobody is ever texting
2: her back. But oh, also, we got that screenshot wait, wait. of
3: Cheryl's emails from earlier, how yeah. chatty she is with everybody, so...
2: But, no way. PP is too old to be able to work his cell phone. I feel like mm-hmm. someone had to help him with the old group chat there.
3: Because he's from 1580? Yep. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know. A lot of folks um, have are good at cell phones. Yep. How big is the text, the font on your phone when you're like As at big it? as you're it can if, go, bro. You're a full old man.
0: Yep. yep. Well, Attaching you know. a piece of parchment to a squirrel was the original texting. Oh, my that's
3: God. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, Hard to get a thread going, but yes. So
0: obviously, like, they're not dead dead. We saw in the previous episode, Whoa. Cheryl has Phoenix powers, can bring people back. I think also there could be a situation where Percival has made them part of his ghost army, and that's why he was oh. killing them, and that's the explanation. And I don't think they're going could be dead going into next season. It was just such a weird thing to be like... Ah, here's a quick shot of them with blindfolds on about to be beheaded. Let's move on with the rest of the episode. But what Um, if they are dead? Well, they might be dead. That's what I'm saying. They'll come back as ghosts. We'll get a reset. I do think we're going to get a situation just to get back to the whole everybody lying on the ground, classic superhero comic thing. I think we will see that. I think everybody will lose, and then Tabitha will reverse time and try it again,
2: and then they'll win that time. Is it weird that you think comic book, but I think Sopranos? Is there
0: a Sopranos thing
2: where everybody's lying yeah, on the floor? Yeah, it was a big advertisement where, like, everybody was, oh. like, dead, the, all the yeah. people who died in Sopranos. Mm,
3: interesting. Um, I do think it's interesting hearing you say that um, going back in time and to change things um, because we get a pretty clear Donnie Darko reference yeah. uh, from Reggie at the end of this episode. And uh, that movie, while a little bit dense and confusing, was about changing the past via um, time travel.
0: Yeah. Um, we could also, on that note, talk about the Reggie, Kevin, Mr. Mantle stuff. There's only a little bit of it this in this episode, but um, first of all, totally squandered that magical knife right at the beginning.
3: I was like, they built up this knife so much, and then it was just like a random weapon that was taken. I was like, oh, this knife. Also,
2: it didn't look like the knife that Reggie stole. It looked like a completely different knife. No, you think I, it was a different knife? I think it was the same knife. Okay. But I did like the solution there. I did... Love
0: Jughead using his Porter powers to get them out. I thought that was a fun little beat there uh, that I wasn't expecting.
3: And Reggie immediately on board with like, I'm good now. And everyone's like, okay, fine. (laughs) Um, I did think the conversation when um, Frank and Keller, like it's very intense scene where Frank's like, Hey, just so you know, I'm going to kill Tom. No problem. I'll shoot him right now. We're soldiers. I was like, there's so much effort. By the show to paint Frank and uh, Sheriff Keller as bad guys, mm-hmm. and I think that's strange. If, as you were thinking, Alex, we're going to pull out of this, and Frank's going to be like Arch, let's go <laughs> hang out with the dog. Bingo. Well, I think
0: it's an open question how much everybody's going to remember of this season. To be perfectly honest, like I don't. You think mean we
3: gonna... as people? Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> not.
0: I'm going into my memory right now, and the comics are just like a pile of dust. But Uh, I think there's been a lot of speculation about they're going to reverse time. They're going to go back to Season 5, Episode 17, or back to the beginning of Season 5, or maybe they'll do something extreme and go all the way back to high school in the final season or something like that, which would be wild. But I don't think they're going to ignore all this character development. I don't think they're going to ignore all this relationship development. Um, But I do think we're uh, to have a situation where... Season seven begins with like crazy man had superpowers. Anyway, here's a serial killer in town. Let's take care of that now. I don't see how that could happen either.
3: I do think something has to a big swing has to occur. But if you remember at the end of Riverdale we, like, we were like that was crazy. Can't wait to get back to some regular uh, like young young act young adult action with these folks. And I'm like of course it, like they <laughs> Roberto was like we are we going to use this stuff and like I don't think they're going to erase anything. If there's a lesson to be learned from this season it's like hey everything's on the table. You saw a Mm -hmm. random Jughead in a dream sequence. He's real. He's showing up and he's got some big ideas.
0: Yeah. Even if there's a situation and this is wild speculation based on like one behind the scenes picture that they posted, even if they go like back to classic Archie times, you know, and that's where we end the season. And the most unexpected thing is, Riverdale, at least at the start of season seven, is the classic Archie comic show that we thought it was going to be when they first announced Riverdale versus murder sex teens. They're still not going to forget everything. They're still not going to ignore everything. It's still going to play it in some way and play out through the final season.
3: I do really like your idea that it resets to them being in high school. That would be a fun twist that I think we could immediately get on board with. They, knowing everything they know now, but just back in the, the time in their lives when they are sort of trapped, going to class, and have nothing to do but deal with their um, ships and emotions, which is sort of You're what I You're talking about a
2: 13 going on 30 situation?
3: I don't think they're going to be moved to, to different bodies. I think they're just going to, the, there'll be an accident with Tabitha somehow's time um, machinations, and they're going to end up back at that time wow. in their lives. But yeah. I, though, I mean, that's a fun theory, but also then it it throws into conflict some of the ideas we're dealing with here, which is like, Betty and Archie starting a family, Um, some of the life with Archie stuff we've talked about. Uh, So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of possibilities, Um, just like writer Jughead dreaming the future as he steals ideas from the one dimension over. All right.
2: Before we wrap up here, why don't we talk about the MVP of this episode? Pete, who's your MVP? (laughs) Well, you gotta give it to Jughead on this one. There was a lot of him, and I feel like he pulled it off in a way that would wasn't upsetting. Which Jughead? Movie. Which Jughead was MVP? Uh I'm gonna go with uh, uh human battery jughead. Um and I just wanna Rider give jughead. a shout out uh to uh, Ethel. Uh it was so great seeing her, but it was a little sad that she was so upset. Her laying into
0: writer Jughead was so funny though, just yelling at him. Great, yeah. love seeing her.
2: I mean,
3: if they live in that bunker together, you know you're going to be sick of each other. <laughs> Living in a sex bunker without being in a relationship? Oof. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out to Betty this
0: episode. I know I already talked about this, but that was the storyline that really got me. I thought Lily Reinhardt, even with the weirdness with the washing the feed, Which, did which
2: Betty? The, the bad jeans uh, Betty or the glowing Betty? That's the same Betty. Is it? Yes. <laughs> no. Stop trying to confuse because me, Because when she passes out one time, there was that creepy... Oh, Betty with a Yeah, dude. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Or with every what? time you wash your feet, you become a new person, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, here's Pete saying, wash your feet, as you always
3: do. Yourself. Wait, he's going to say it at the oh, end of the episode. episode. That's it the, the shout-out. Out. Okay, um, I, I do. I like Betty in this episode as well, um, but I want to say that... Where do we stand with the fact that – it seems like we're sort of aligning um, TBK with um, all the stuff that's also happening here uh, and the Harlot stuff. Like, is that going to all come together, uh, do you think? I don't know. Are we beyond the
0: Harlot thing? Like, I feel like we've gotten – this is it. Betty's put her darkness behind her so many times on the show that I'm very hesitant to say her darkness is actually behind her. But this – did feel like a capper to that. And I do think, like I was saying earlier, I think this is a really clear indication that we're going to get some big movement with Betty and Archie by the end of the season, just on emotional bent, whether it's her being like, yes, I'm ready to start a family with you or revealing she's pregnant. Like a lot of people have speculated or just a proposal and acceptance or something like that. Uh, But I think that's what that's pointing to with Betty. But they made such a big deal about the Harlot of Babylon, and we don't know how that ties into the whole Percival thing. At the same time, to contradict myself, it feels like that needs to come
3: back in some way as well. I think it does because it's it's the bridge between TBK and Percival for Betty – Um, So I do think we have to sort of loop that up at some point. Um, But you guys chose an MVP. I choose an MVP because I thought this was a great PP episode. Uh, Like him at the end of that interview with Alice where he was like laughing and sort of like emotional about how he's close to the end of his story, I thought was just great villain stuff. And um, it's rare on this show to get a villain where you actually get time to really see them as evil and see their full character without it being just a reveal where um, it's sort of a laughing monster. So um I... I like PP in this episode. I'm excited for the big battle that's coming on.
0: I also, on that note, wanted to give a shout out to Machen Amick in this episode, who basically just needs to react and be like, yes, I understand what's happening. Let's go. Keep talking, first of all. But she does the most with so little in this episode. And the moment at the end when he fully reveals himself and what he's going to do to Riverdale Her reaction shot was so good, and there was so much going on there. She's such a good actress. Um, I hope she gets a little more to do next season.
3: I feel like, well, I think this season we're going to get a a flip around moment where she's going to finally break Pee-Pee's powers for the sake of her family. And it may be, if Polly is truly back, which seems like she is, Mm -hmm. I think that may be the final uh, trigger for her to sort of be able to break that power. I want to shout out a line that Pee-Pee said, water finds its level. I think that was a, a really nice line, and sort of feels like what we're, what this season is, uh, is dealing with, and why everything happened. Some magic came in, so magic had to balance on the other side.
0: Yeah. All right. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after
2: dark. Don't forget to wash your Canadian Justin. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha ha.